0: Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, chances are that today you may have had a sandwich. And if you have, consider that you have bitten into a piece of history. The Sambo has been with us for hundreds of years. Barry Enderwick operates on many social media channels where he specialises in sandwiches of history. Barry, good afternoon to you.
1: Uh, good afternoon, Sean. How are you? Uh,
0: not too bad. What's the most disgusting sandwich
1: you've ever made? <clears throat> so far. Uh, yes, <laughs> It had to be the, the oyster sandwich from the up-to-date sandwich book of 1909. Uh, I like raw oysters a lot, but this one called for chopping them up, mixing them with olive oil and Worcestershire sauce, and then um, putting it between two slices of buttered bread with a piece of lettuce. And let's just say it was not a pleasant experience taste-wise or texture-wise. Ooh.
0: Yeah. And there is, is there also um, a French sandwich, the Pan Bagnat, uh, that requires, oh, yes. you have to make it for, it takes two days to make it.
1: Yeah, but it's well worth it. It's basically a salad niçoise, <clears throat> excuse me, a salad niçoise that you make, put into crusty bread, wrap it really tight and put it overnight into the refrigerator and bring it out the next day. And it is just magic. It's delicious.
0: Right. Okay. And wh- what's the idea? Why do you have to, to, to store it overnight?
1: Well, it gives a chance uh, for all the ingredients, all the flavors, to kind of blend together and marry, and then it also soaks into the bread a little bit. It doesn't completely sog out the bread, which is important to get the right kind of bread. Um, but it just gets everything nice and delicious and working together, and it's just, uh, it's wonderful.
0: Okay, it does sound nice. Is it difficult for you to actually source, uh, you know, if you're if you're making a sandwich from a hundred years ago, to find a sort of bread that approximates the bread of a hundred years ago? <laughs>
1: You know, sometimes it is. Some of the recipe books that I use have recipes for bread, and I do make it uh, on occasion. Um, and this is not my day job. I do have a full time day job, so <laughs> I'm not always at liberty to be breaking bread nonstop. But I've made bread from uh, 1912, and it's a little bit sweeter than uh, the bread we have today, um, mainly because it uses milk.
0: Right. Okay. So uh, on occasion, so okay. so is it close enough not to make that much difference or are there places you can go to make specific, have specific breads made for you?
1: uh, No, I I think in general, especially as we get towards uh, mid-century, the white bread that we have today approximates what the white bread was then. It's uh, when you get into recipes that are in the 1800s, late 1800s or early 1900s, where the white bread was probably a little bit drier, a little bit crumblier uh, and slightly sweeter.
0: Right. Okay. That's uh, that's so interesting. Also, the, yeah. the uh, um, this is an interesting one because I enjoy a banana uh, sandwich occasionally. It's one of those things every now <laughs> yes. and again you go, oh, I haven't had a banana sandwich in a year. I'd like one. How do you make yes. a fake banana sandwich?
1: Well, you know, this was uh, sent to me by uh, someone who uh, was in Manchester and said that she works at a war a World War Two museum. Uh, and so this is what they would do in World War II to make up for the fact that they couldn't import bananas because obviously there was a war. Uh, so what they did is they peeled parsnips uh, and then boiled them, mashed them with banana extract and sugar, and put it between two slices of buttered bread. So I did that recently, and I can tell you, if you can't get access to fresh bananas, that is the next best thing. Right? Okay.
0: That's it, uh, That makes no, from the description that makes no sense. That it shouldn't at all taste like a banana.
1: Well, I think what, it, what happens is the parsnip uh, is kind of neutral, if you will. <laughs> if you've ever had par- parsnips, you tend to need to season them quite a bit with butter and salt and pepper or maybe some cinnamon or nutmeg. Anyway, uh, it's a neutral thing, so you're able to adapt it. And the texture, when mashed, re- mimics the uh, texture of banana enough that your mind goes, yeah, I'm eating a banana sandwich.
0: Yeah. Was it the Earl of Sandwich who invented the sandwich?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, Earl of Sandwich got, did a great job of getting his name on the sandwich, but I have to imagine that people were putting stuff between bread uh, long before uh, he did so in the 1700s. Let's take, for example, in China, they have a uh, – and I'm, I apologize because I know I'm not going to say this right, but it's Rao Zha Mo, and it's been around since 200 B.C., and it's basically almost a hamburger-type uh, sandwich. Yeah. So, It's it's sandwiches have been around for a lot longer. He just did a great job of branding.
0: Are there old sandwiches that are, you know, people don't make anymore,
1: which really we we should bring back? Um, yeah, I don't know. See, most of what I do on on sandwiches of history is I make the sandwiches as they're written. And then if they have potential, I'll add uh, ingredients to plus them up, if you will, to make them something that I'd like to eat now. So most of them by themselves they're, like, they're kind of boring or they're, they have potential, but they're not really that interesting. Um, so I don't really have uh, – I don't have an answer for a sandwich that should come back. Um, mm. But There are some – the ones that tend to stand the test of time uh, that we still eat, like a banh mi or a pan bagnette or a um, croque madame or croque majeure, uh, those sandwiches that are enduring, those are the ones that endure for a reason. Yeah. They're delicious.
0: Also, I'm learning a lot of new things today. I didn't realize this (laughs) that in the U.S. when you have sandwiches, you don't put butter on them. Why are you, why are you barbarians?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, (laughs) Um, no. Yeah, we. It's funny. The recipe books, even the ones from America, uh, up until about the 70s, call for buttering the bread on almost every sandwich. And I think it's honestly because it a had calories and b acted as a moisture barrier for the bread, so it didn't sog out. But sometime around the 70s, something switched, and we've, we've uh, gone all in on mayonnaise as the condiment uh, the ah. of choice to spread on bread. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of either way on it. I like both.
0: Uh, it might have been the insidious influence of big mayonnaise. Uh, you have to look out <laughs> for them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you can look out for, look out for Barry's uh, channels. The Sandwich of History, on multiple media platforms. Barry, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Barry Enderwick.